you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world. Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. You're listening to All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Making people smile is no small accomplishment. It's an art and a passion, and it's been in today's guest, Chris McCann, family for decades. In fact, a drive to make people happier is what led Chris's brother Jim to buy his first flower shop in 1976. From that first flower shop 40 years ago, 1-800-Flowers.com has grown to become a multi-brand, omni-channel gift leader today, offering an unmatched family of iconic branded gifts for every occasion. Chris joined the team in 1984 and played a pivotal role in the growth of the brand. He's currently the president and CEO overseeing operations across all brands. Today, he's joining me to discuss the company's big holiday, and I find out it's not the biggest, but a big one, Valentine's Day, and whether 2017 will be a big winner for those in the business. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Hey, Chris, the first thing I got to say is thank you. And I I don't think I've ever started off a show thanking a guest first, but I want to thank you for the stuff that you do for Smile Farm, you got help employ 30 dis, uh, developmentally disabled adults. And I just wanted to give you a, a tip of the hat. My, my brother-in-law is uh, developmentally disabled. My wife was in special ed for years. And I just love to see you doing some great things for some great people. How did you get involved well, with that? Yeah, it's very nice of you to say that. Thank you very much. And uh, I guess similar to you, family gets us involved and it started with uh, my middle brother Kevin so I work with my brother Jim he's the oldest of five I'm the youngest and our middle brother Kevin is developmentally disabled and a bunch of years ago the uh, gentleman who runs the group home organization that Kevin lives in out here on eastern Long Island uh, it's called IGHL he reached out to us and said you know we have people that really should be working in the community I can't find jobs for them and he says, I was thinking, what if we built a greenhouse? So we helped him do that, and it grew, and it's been growing for all these years, and it's just a wonderful part of the community. And what's most motivating, as we all know, the impact that a job has on all of us, uh, our physical well-being, our psychological well-being, to see that on all these developmentally disabled adults was really motivating. Then about two years or so ago, my brother Jim and I are talking. We're saying, over the years, we've done a lot of cause-related marketing with the company of 1-800-Flowers. And while they're all good, we said, this really we should pick one that we really get behind and make a difference. And we're trying to figure out which one that should be. And then Walter Stockton, who runs IGHL, calls up again and says, you know, we really need to expand and open up more greenhouses because there's so many more people that need jobs. Jim and I look at each other like, why didn't we realize this opportunity is sitting right under us here? So we've begun to grow and we created Smile Farms. And what we're doing with Smile Farms now is raising awareness, getting the fundraising capabilities in place so that we can start to expand to many, many different locations, certainly starting with the communities where we have businesses, to really create job opportunities 
generally in a greenhouse or in a urban garden format where farmers can have the ability to work for Smile Farms and have that job that means so much to their life. That's just, just awesome. See, I didn't even know the full extent of that. So I want to talk to you offline how we can Great. get this in South Dakota. we got to get this out there. Um, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah, we've got a we've got a great facility out there uh, with our uh, with the, the the services that serve my brother, and so oh, we're, we're going to do that. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll speak offline about that. And I look forward to it. What a great thing! You know, you've got one of the greatest jobs in the world. I mean, given flowers, given gifts. I mean, just like Smile Farm, but now with one eight hundred flowers, you get to do something every single day. What's that feel like when you go into work, knowing that? Hey, man, I get to give flowers. Well, uh, as you said, I, I have to go back and tell you this story from about five or six years ago. We were in the depths of the recession. Business had hit us hard. Uh, I'm kind of pulling my hair out and trying to figure out how, what do I do with the brand, 800 Flowers, and how do I really position it to, to really be the authority that it is. Around the same time, my daughter was getting ready to graduate college, and she was a finance major. And if you can believe this or not, a teenage daughter actually sat her father down to ask for advice. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but as we're talking, she, she says to me, I said, well, Jenna, you, you're a finance major. You know, what do you want to do? You're going into banking or something. She said, Dad, I, I don't want to just go to Wall Street and get a job and make lots of money. To which point I, I stopped her quickly and said, well, we don't need to jump to conclusions right away. <laughs> But she said, Dad, I want to have a job where I know I'm impacting people's lives, like you and Uncle Jimmy. And I naturally thought right away, my brother and I have always been very proud of the businesses we've created and the employment opportunities we've created for so many people. And I said, well, what exactly do you mean? She said, Dad, you're so lucky. You get to wake up every day and go to work knowing you're making thousands of people smile. And all of a sudden, it clicked. Up until then, we used to say the mission of our company was to help our customers express with and connect to the important people in their lives. And when you say that, people intellectually get it. But I started playing with the language a little bit. That day when I went into the office, I said, I started asking people, well, what's the mission of our business? And they would say that. I said, yeah. I said, well, really? I said, yeah, kind of the mission really is that we deliver smiles. And when I said that, I would see people smile. They'd nod their head. You saw the emotional connection. And that's been our mantra and the mission of our company ever since. That's fantastic. Well, and you know, it's it's important to connect to that emotional side, right? I mean, because that's it, what you guys it, do. Yeah, customers trust us to help express an emotion, mm-hmm. and, and and that's exactly what we do. So even using those terms, we deliver smiles. It makes people remember the why we're in business because yeah. we could all get stuck so so often in in going through the what we do and how we do it and the technology and the logistics and the supply chain. But every once in a while, you got to step back and remember, well, this is why I do it. And is that why motivating? And it'll get me it'll get me out of bed the next morning. Well, but, you know, even if it's a bereavement, so let's imagine someone's passed. Like, I've got to do a, something with a funeral this weekend with a family member. And, mm-hmm. and, and But if I deliver flowers or a plant, you know, um, that's right. still giving me that smile, that remembrance. Even that is a way in which to remember. I mean, that's that's a cool thing about what you do. Yeah. As I always say, that's a smile. It's a different kind of smile, but it's a smile nonetheless. It's it's a smile of caring, of condolences. So, so yes, it's and and for our flowers business, sympathy is one of our top occasions. 
you know, our business is driven by the everyday business of birthdays, anniversaries. Sympathy is probably the third biggest occasion we have in the floral business. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a growing business for our gourmet food businesses like Harry and David and Cheryl's Cookies because as patterns change on how people celebrate lives in a, sim- in a memorial, there's, there's less time in a wake, there's more cremations, there's more celebrations at home. Food gifts are a growing popular category for expressing sympathy. So how much of that business is what I would call the, st- well, I guess, how do you describe it? The stem business or the plant business? And then how much of it is then the gift or the food business? So on the, in the sympathy category, it still is probably 90, maybe 85% floral. Oh, that's, yeah, probably 85% floral and or plants and 15% mm-hmm. gourmet now. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it has shifted that much. It, it, it's just starting to shift. Now, our business overall, we're about 57% of our business is gourmet food gifts yeah. uh, and 47% floral, uh, 43% floral. So, so you're still so from an overall point of view, within the sympathy category, we have some room to grow. Mm-hmm. But the fastest growth product is sympathy food gifts delivered to the home. Got it. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute and talk about some gourmet, but I want to take a quick break because uh, with the season for sweethearts, and of course, I am certainly giving flowers. I always give my wife uh, a rose for every year that we've been married, so she's going to get uh, 36 of those coming up. Um, so, but the season for sweethearts, uh, also my good friends at Dunkin' Donuts is welcoming Valentine's Day with a special pairing of sweet coffee flavors, along with the return of the heart-shaped donuts. I got, I picked up those, so honey, if you're listening, earmuffs, earmuffs, uh, because you're going to get some of those. Available in delicious new and returning varieties. I picked up a dozen heart-shaped donuts for my team this morning as well, and trust me, you don't want to miss out on them. I love the chocolate one, by the way. Uh, so head to your local Dunkin' today. So you want to you want to do that in the morning and send flowers in the afternoon, right, Chris? No, uh, we'll send the flowers in the morning. We'll, we'll pick up the coffee and deliver it all on the same track. <laughs> That's exactly right. You dr- Are you a coffee drinker? Uh, I am, yeah. Yeah, I love coffee. I, I, I just <laughs> love it. So you've got a big day that's, come, that's here right now, and it's important for Valentine's Day for the 1-800 growth for the year. How important has it been for you for this uh, this year, and is it your biggest day of the year? So Valentine's is a very important time for our business. Uh, from on the floral business, it's the second busiest holiday. Mother's Day is the busiest. Really? Uh, and then Valentine's Day is the second busiest holiday. Again, it's the everyday occasions that drive the business. But from a holiday perspective, Valentine's Day actually is number two. But very, very important, and especially very important to all those customers who need to express their love this Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, so, And we're very excited and very prepared for this year because... The last couple of years, it's been on a Saturday, then a Sunday. And when Valentine's Day is on a weekend, it's a little bit muted because people have many more options to go out to a movie, go out to dinner, do something else. When it's during the week, your options are a little bit more limited. Everyone's at work. And if your sweetheart is at work and everyone else is getting flowers and you don't send flowers, that's not a good position to be in. Uh, So... So what we find is customers more and more even, now we're fortunate it skips because of leap year, so it went from a Sunday last year to a Tuesday this year. So it's a nice big jump in business for us. And more and more people are sending the flowers to the offices or even to to any of the workplaces on Monday uh, and kind of creating that office envy. 
And I love one of the, we learned this from a customer many years ago, that they said, I'm better off sending it early, and then I write on the card message, I couldn't wait until the 14th to say I love you. It works every time. <laughs> I love that. Hey, that's good advice, by the way, too, for, for anyone. That's a great way to be able to extend it all week long, so you're getting, you're getting brownie points, so guys, listen up on that. You, yeah, and I still I still try it with my wife, but she's gotten used to it by now. She just knows I'm trying to balance out our deliveries, uh, delivery load. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that is that is that one of the perks you get? You get some free flowers at the end of the day? No, no, I don't think I get free flowers. And you know, just one, one quick funny story that my wife learned early on. Uh, it was probably our second, third Valentine's Day being married, and I'm working in our stores in Brooklyn, New York, and I get home late. It's midnight. I come home, and my wife still has the table set for dinner waiting for me. She was very understanding. I walk in the door with this beautiful bouquet of these long-stem white calla lilies, just a beautiful flower. I give them to her. She takes one look at the calla lilies, looks at me, and says, You sold all the roses, didn't you? <laughs> And she was right. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, that's funny. Customer comes first. I learned that my, from my father many years ago. That's like the butcher who comes home with just a, a piece of round steak because he sold all the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. So um, do you ever, you ever get any other things that have ever happened to you, like where somebody calls in and they send not just one to one woman or they send two or three or four women at the time? Uh, we do. We're not allowed to talk about that. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> there is protection of privacy. Yeah, well, but my favorite, but my favorite, without giving away, was one time we had a gentleman send about twelve different Valentines out, uh, and the best was on each card. It said to my one and only. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, well, at least he had an even dozen, one and only. There we go. <laughs> that's right. A good, a good dozen. So it's it's not so it's not technically a seasonal business between Valentine's and I heard you talk about some of the seasonality stuff of it and Mother's Day, late winter and spring seem to be busy seasons for you. So, what are you doing during the rest of the year to kind of uh, promote gift giving? So it's not so it's not such a seasonal business for you or just an event driven business. That's right. It's uh, and you know we've done a good job of that, almost too good a job of that, as we've moved into the gourmet food business. So, so early on, as we were predominantly a floral business, we'd say, "How can we build up the Christmas business?" But we've done that. Uh, well, now that's our busiest season. But really, the focus is constantly, and it really coincides with strategically what we're trying to do with the company. We have these wonderful brands, 1-800-Flowers, Harry and David, Cheryl's Cookies, The Popcorn Factory, 1-800-Baskets, Moose Munch, uh, Orchard Table, all these wonderful brands that solve all your gifting needs. But I can't communicate to our customers just in a traditional retail fashion because we are we're a service business first and foremost. Our customers trust us to, as we said, express an emotion for them, to deliver a smile. So as I evolve the business, it's all about the everyday occasions, birthdays, anniversaries, They're just because. Just had a great meeting with you. Let me send you a little a box of cookies as a follow-up. Thank you. So it's how do we utilize technology to really ingrain ourselves with our customers that they see us as their gift concierge? And that's where we're trying to go. We, we believe that technology is enabling us to have a very personalized experience with our customers, but at scale. You know, and that's an important piece. I, I think of as a busy business executive. I want to be able to send and replicate. I call it step and repeat. You know, I might meet with someone and then send them a dozen cookies or send them, 
you know, something that means something between the connection between the two of us. You know, we might have, you know, broke bread together or something. And that, that's where yep. you're really talking about that. But technology is what's allowed it to do it. So I can step out, pull up the app, and order it on the fly, right? Right. Well, or even I just had this experience uh, at NRF, National Retail Federation show recently, and we're in a trade booth and somebody's pitching us this, this new robot capability they have. And I'm talking to them about our bot technology yep. and our bot and Facebook Messenger, which they had not experienced. And within like 30 seconds, the guy says, oh, just placed my order. Thank you very much. Well, That's what we're trying to do. How do I reduce the friction? So it's easy for our customers to act on their thoughtfulness. So let's talk about that because uh, let me come back to that in just a second. I want to take a quick break because I want to come back to bots because not a lot of people understand that. And then they get a little, some people may get turned off on it, but I want to talk to you about what a great thing that really is because I do understand that because it's a really cool thing. So, hey, uh, folks, are you one of those people who overpays the government when you do your taxes? Don't keep giving your money away, okay? So I want you to enroll in a tax course at Liberty Tax Service. I love the guys at Liberty. You know that. Uh, They're friendly people. They'll teach you everything you need to know how to prepare your taxes so you don't have to pay a penny more than you owe. Um, The course, hey, it's free. So, I mean, what do you got to lose? And you pay, all you got to do is pay for the books and supplies, but you'll learn a skill that pays you dividends. And uh, you can learn more just by going to libertytax.com or, hey, grab one of those waivers. You know, stop when you see a waiver and stop in and see them because that's the way to do it. You, you know what I'm talking about. They're waving on the street. I love those guys. I love a business that gets out there like that. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. If you are loving this podcast, if you're loving this podcast, you, you should, should tell a friend, friend about it. Spread the word about podcasts you think they would enjoy. There's something for everyone from entertainment and lifestyle to, to news and politics to sports and more. Share it on social media. Tripod. Believe it or not, some people don't know how great podcasts are or even how to find and listen to them. You can help change that with a click. Tell your friends about your favorite podcast. And don't forget to tell us what you shared with the hashtag Tripod. T-R-Y-P-O-D. Tripod. Thanks for spreading the word. So um, let me ask you about bots because you, you mentioned something. This is a newer technology that's been out there, and a lot of people don't realize that. And I'm on a board of a company that actually does some of this uh, technology or at least the, the, the management of some of the communities on Facebook for major, major companies. I won't say who they are, but major, major, major companies. And they've been deploying these bots where, where you're having a conversation and you really think you're having a real conversation with a real person, but it's actually a bot. You want to explain that, Chris? Sure. So it's something that we decided to move into early. And we, we launched our bot in Facebook Messenger back last April. And actually, we were wow. very lucky that uh, Mark Zuckerberg featured it in, in his keynote presentation. So the, the press we got around it was tremendous. But you know, we're a company that believes in getting involved in early technologies so that we learn along with the consumer. And in the case of Messenger, what we saw was that there was huge amounts of people spending more time in Facebook Messenger than they were in Facebook even. Uh, so we knew that we had to position our brands and our products in front of them. And in that environment, we needed to look and say, well, how are people interacting? And they're interacting in a very conversational way through texting slash messaging. Um, and we said, well, it would be foolish for us to try and, uh, you know, intersperse an ad uh, into them, into the platform that then would require them to leave that platform to go to a website in a very structured format to place an order. So that's not what 
that environment is all about. So a bot is an automated process that enables them to interact in a very conversational manner. Uh, now, our first bot that we launched is much more of a structured technology, but the, the bots now that we have out there are starting to be powered by machine learning and artificial intelligence capabilities. So it's really learning how to interact with the consumer. And again, what I said earlier, through a series of a few questions, get to the point where it's a very personalized transaction. And then, because our, our goal is really to replicate the type of personalized transaction we had in our very first store back in the 1970s in Manhattan, but to do so at scale with the use of technology. So, and do you hand it off to a person at a certain point, or is it able to handle most of those transactions without having to touch From it? it? From a ordering point of view, placing an order, it's able to handle it right through. Now, the, the customer has the option to say, hey, let me speak to a human. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we're finding is on the ordering side, placing an order, people yeah. would rather just inter interface with the bot and not have to deal with the human. Okay. On the customer service side, we're finding more people might begin that bot or even bypass, and we give them the opportunity to go right to a customer, you know, to a, to a human agent. Uh, so we're finding... That it's still early, and the consumer, from an ordering point of view, much more comfortable with the bot. If I have an issue that I have a question about, I want a human to interact with. Yeah, which is which is awesome. So, you've got some other technology that you're using to improve the customer experience. I haven't tried it yet. I, I use you for I, I I've used you for years, but I haven't tried it with the Amazon Alexa yet or mm. with Facebook Messenger. But so how, how are you doing it with Amazon Alexa? What are you doing there? So it's great. So actually it was two weeks after we launched the bot, we launched our skill in, in Alexa. And in, in the Echo platform, a skill is kind of the same thing as a bot. Um, and what people are able to do, and you know, I, I just love the device first, first and foremost. I do too. Just, I, I do too. I have these in almost every room in the house. It's great. Yeah. It's great. And it really is transforming the way we behave as as consumers. Yeah. Um, so now, again, how do I make it easy? If someone's in their home and they remember, oh, it's so-and-so's birthday or somebody, oh, I need to send them a thank you for that. They don't need to write it on a list. They don't need to do anything. While they're doing whatever other chore they're doing, they could just say, Alexa, I need to send 1-800-Flowers. And up comes their account. And it says, who would you like to send to? It might even ask, you're sending to Kathy, you're sending to Jenny, you're sending to Devin. I'm sending to Devin. Okay, is this the address? Yes, it is. Here's the products we're featuring today. Boom, choose one, it's done. It's a virtual, it virtual I mean, it's a virtual assistant. I mean, I, I'm actually getting, I went away from actually having an executive assistant this last year. And I'm doing a lot. Have of, you really? Yeah, I, it, and, and you know, you're busy, Chris, I'm busy. Uh, we mm -hmm. run a lot of different things, and and I, the only thing I miss sometimes is is in some of the travel. But you know that, but the apps are so good, and in this case, this artificial intelligence that they built into these assistants and it's voice activated is so doggone good that once you yeah. you know once you enter the first time, because you're gonna have to enter in all the names, right? So I have to enter in the people that I would order with the most or my contact list, and then well, once what you, right? Is that how? Well, it that's works? A, that. Well, that depends. If you already have that as an account with us, mm -hmm. you just have to act, have to activate your account, your 100 Flowers account within Alexa, and we port that data right in. Ah, so you're you're so passing all your over history, the AI and everything else. So you must yeah, have so, some built-in so, APIs that you're building back and forth between the two. 
Exactly, exactly right. And this way, all your history from us is ported over. And, and if you send flowers to Aunt Mary three years ago, she'll still be in your address book. Yeah. And does it give you an option? Well, I won't even get into it. I'm going to go check it out now because now I got to do great, it. Yeah, great. see, now I got to do it. So t- t- yeah. t- talk to me about Gwen, which is mm-hmm. t- stands for what gifts when you need them. I was pretty, this is kind of cool. What? So tell me about how you got started with this. So same thing, you know, we started this past year looking at the emergence technologies, and I look at a combination of these technologies of big data analytics and now AI really kind of, you know, forming the next big wave of what's being called conversational commerce. So we said, okay, we had the bot going, we had Alexa going, but we need more learning to figure out and work with the consumer to see what's the ultimate direction they're going to go with this technology. So we reached out to our friends at IBM uh, to learn what they were up to with Watson, and we built a uh, virtual gift concierge powered by the Watson platform, and that's Gwen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just mentioned the name I loved. I was at a conference one time, and somebody's up there, and I didn't know this was happening. A, A consultant from Forrester is up at the conference talking about the future of commerce and they start going into conversational commerce and say now here's a company that's out on the forefront of them they pull up a slide of us and and feature Gwen and then he says he says and they have to get the best acronym of the year award (laughs) the gifts when you need which came from a you know a young lady working in our Manhattan office and we're just having a brainstorm session one day so I have to give her credit for coming up with that which is great but Gwen interacts with you similar to the bot yeah. But it's on our websites now, and she interacts with you. Says you're looking to send a gift. Who's it for? Tell me a little bit about them. What kind of you know? Are you looking for food? Are you looking for flowers? What I like about Gwen, it's conversational. It's easy. It's not a structured format. And a, she's learning constantly to increase the personalization capability. And b, she's brand agnostic and customer centric. Mm-hmm. So. You're not interacting with one brand of mine when you're Gwen. You're interacting with our family of brands across all of our product lines. Yeah, I was going to ask you, you must be integrating that in everything you're doing, right? Exactly, exactly. And as we get the learnings there, I expect the AI capabilities of Gwen will be powering the skill in Alexa, will be powering the bots more and more. So that that's really becoming the core engine. All right, so Chris, when we started this, we said, okay, you're, you're here to make people smile, which is what you're doing, without question. Right. But you're taking all the, you're taking the hassle out of it. You're making it a lot easier for me. You're doing the things I want you to do as a, as a customer that's going to ingrain me to want to do so much more with you. So, but you, how did you get started with this? I mean, you and your brother started a flower shop, right? Yeah, well, he started a flower shop. I was too young. I was only 15 when he bought a shop. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, he, he was a social worker at the time, and as he will tell the story, social work, as we may know, is very emotionally rewarding, not necessarily financially rewarding. And yeah. He also happened to, at a young age, get married and have three children, so he had a little pressure on him, and he was looking for a side business to get into and wound up buying a flower shop. Um I worked for him kind of throughout my high school years and a little bit during college when I could get home, help with deliveries on the holidays and things like that. And and it was January of 84. He sat down with me and said, hey, why don't we give it a shot working together? I was like, well, Jim, I I appreciate that, but I just graduated college with a political science degree. I wasn't planning on being a florist. He said, no, I get that. I get that. He says, but if you look at the floral industry, there's no dominant player. There's no McDonald's. There's no holiday in here. He says, I think we have an opportunity to create something special. 
and I agreed, and it's been off to the races ever since. And what I love most about it is, A, he and I have become best friends from working together, and B, it never changes. Again, we've been very fortunate to maintain and to foster this culture of innovation in our company. So all of the new people coming into our company every day are just driving change, and that's what keeps it fresh, keeps it great, and keeps us focused on delivering the customer experience. Now, you and I graduated about the same time. I'm a year older. And mm-hmm. I also graduated in poli-sci or government international oh, affairs. Oh, okay. I didn't so, realize that. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it, I'm kind of intrigued now by this. So and as I'm sitting here listening to you, I, can't, I cannot be more impressed than I am. But I am very impressed is what I'm trying to say in my uneloquent way. Um, to, to listen to you talk about the technology and keep the core of the smile at the forefront and, and yet you're, you're really more than just a flower company. You're more than a gift company. I mean, you're thinking ahead in ways that most companies aren't. I mean, where is that coming from, Chris? To, where is that drive coming from or that thought process coming from? Well, I don't know exactly. I will say certainly a lot of it comes from and started with my brother, and he's a classic entrepreneur. So even in that early conversation when he said we can build something big, in my mind was maybe we could build a chain of 35 to 50 stores in the New York metropolitan area, and that would be a very successful business. I realized early on his vision was a little bit bigger. Uh, and, and that culture drives us. And again, what we're what we try and instill in the company is we're not measuring the company by revenue. We're not measuring the company simply by profits, although we, as a public company, we certainly have yeah, to that, do that. that helps to keep score, you know. Right, but, but we're trying to measure the company by the number of customers we get and, more importantly, the level of engagement we get. So as we've added these different brands to solve customers' needs, the more we get one customer to buy from more than one brand, the, the, the deeper the level engagement, the f- purchase frequency they have, the more important we become to them. And, and that's kind of what motivates us. So to do that, we have to always be looking and saying, well, what else can I offer to help them in their needs to express themselves? So it's really uh, really about servant a servant mentality for business. Yeah, it's you know, a- asking the question, you know, what are my customers hiring me to do? Yeah. Or what would they hire me to do that I'm not doing today? But who? But who's sitting there going, "Hey, let's call IBM up. Let's call. Let's call IBM. Watson's not doing as much as it could. Let's let's make it work for us." I mean, who's thinking yeah. of that kind of stuff? Well, I would say it used to be myself and my brother, but fortunately, it's expanded well beyond that. Uh, and it is a lot because of a mantra that we've driven in the company that my brother says he learned as a social worker, which was that you build relationships first. You do business second. And throughout the years, we've, you know, whether it be back in the early days with AOL and the relationships we built with the great visionary leaders in the early e commerce days to even now, if my CIO tells me that an IBM equipment is the best equipment for a certain function that we need, well, that's good, but I, before we buy that equipment, I want to get to know the people that are selling me that, that equipment and build a relationship with them so I learn what else they might have to offer. And that's the kind of culture that we've instilled. You know, people who are who are intellectually curious and want to change things. And to do that, we all, we urge people to get out, network. Uh, you know, and w- one of the things I love that we do is we have these social gatherings throughout the year, either here in New York or we make a point of getting out to the Silicon Valley in San Francisco and doing them there. But we just invite everybody that we might work with in one form or another. 
and people are blown away by it. And I love, just recently I was out in San Francisco and we did one of these little gatherings, and it's usually about 30, 40 people. And they say, you know, nobody else does this. You can bring all your different vendors. Some of us compete against each other, but you bring us together just to thank us. And instead, what we're doing is we're standing here saying, hey, how can we work together to help 1-800-Flowers grow even more? That's awesome. so, Right, which is, I mean, you're having fun, but you end up doing more business together. Build relationships first, do business second. Yeah. What's the What's the best business decision you've ever made? Uh, the best business decision we ever made, I think, was acquiring a very troubled company in 1-800-Flowers. It... See, we were in the flower business, mm-hmm. and 800 Flowers was started by a group in Dallas, Texas, with a lot of venture capital money thrown at it. Went through about 25 to $30 million in two years, and we had the opportunity to get involved in the business. Once we did, we made a small investment, got involved, realized we were about to lose everything because it was much worse off than we realized. And the best decision was to say, okay, it wasn't really much of a decision because we would either lose everything, mainly my brother at the time, or we would, you know, we we would have to double down and and take the biggest risk of our lives, and we did. And failure was not an option. Yeah. And it's been a very successful ride since then. And but that decision to take that risk is a decision we make every single day. We we encourage people to take risks to try for the new thing. Yeah. Sometimes I tell people when they ask me that question, what's the best decision I've ever made? It's the one I just made because it's always mm, yeah. it, it's always the ne- it's, it's it's the next one. It's the next one. It's the next one because we're always gambling right. on the things we're doing. Hey, what um, anything in the future? What do you think of, about the future? How do you think it's going to change for you? Well, I think, you know, we're at the early stage of dramatic change right now. And as we talk about, uh, you know, the emergence of conversational commerce, this will radically change the way we interact with our customers and I believe create huge opportunity for us. But then I just look in, in the in the world, certainly in the consumer world in general, and as we've gotten involved in AI and I attend IBM's World of Watson conference, I'm blown away by what machine learning augmented intelligence is going to do for so many different industries, specifically the health industry, and the changes we're going to see there are just phenomenal. So, you know, I kind of look, we, we could all get caught up right now in the political discourse in our country and scratch our heads and say, what the hell is going on? But when you look at what's going on with the core people in this country and the technology developments, it's an extremely bright future. All right. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you spending the time with me. Don't forget, everybody, those things, it's never too late to order flowers. And don't forget 1-800-Flowers. And don't forget the other brands, Harry and David and many others that these guys have got. They're, they're doing well. So, Chris, thanks for joining. Thank you, Jeff. Taking you behind the scenes of what's happening in the business world, Jeffrey Hazlett hosts All Business, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. Well, you always learn a lot on the show. I learn something every single time, and um, today's show was not an exception. I'll tell you that. I was great. I God, I just I could go on talking to Chris forever. We had met before and uh, got a chance to catch up again, and I was glad I did because I did take away a couple of good keepers, you know, the keepers, the things I write down. You know, their mission was like, uh, we do this, blah, 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 and then they finally realized they needed to add emotion to it. When they added emotion to it by accident— Wow, that's what you do. So add emotion to what you do. So put some feeling into 
making people smile, as he said it. What a great thing. And I thought the other thing I thought was really good um, was two other pieces. One was build the relationship first and business second. Love that. That's a good reminder. And then also, I love conversational commerce. I hadn't heard that term before. I'm sure someone's already scoped that one out. But but I thought that was a great way of being able to describe all the stuff that we're using with the AI side on Alexa and the uh, for the Amazon side. And the, I don't know what the Google one's called now. Um, because I don't use that one yet, um, but I'll have to get that one too. So anyway, that's what I learned right here on All Business. I hope you learned a lot too. And if you haven't gotten flowers for your significant other, make sure you do it. Don't forget to send some cookies or some, you know, something else, some goodies as well. And uh, make sure uh, to send the goodie to your friend by telling them they should listen in to All Business with Jeffrey Hazel right here on CBS Play.it, iTunes, and anywhere else that, uh, hey, you listen to... Um, podcasts like uh, C-Suite Radio. Hey, thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Cheers. He's one of the world's most respected business experts, Jeffrey Hazlett. I want to take you behind the scenes on what's happening in business today. And whether you're on Main Street or Wall Street, we're going to find out the secrets behind their success. This is All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett, brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.